Hello and welcome to CBRE's Talking Property Podcast, where our team of experts, our clients and industry specialists share insights into the way we live, work and invest through the lens of commercial real estate. I'm Catherine House, CBRE's Australian Communications Director, and I'm your host for this latest Talking Property episode. Today, we'll be discussing the impact that major infrastructure projects can have on our cities. To do so, we've teamed with REA Group, who are helping us to crunch the data on four sizable examples around Australia in the coming months, the first being the Metro Rail Project in Sydney. Planned is a network of four metro lines, 46 stations, and 113 kilometres of new metro rail by 2030. And for the sections already completed, there's been early evidence that this is pushing up residential prices and attracting a younger, more vibrant demographic that favours high-density living and eating out. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome CBRE's Pacific Head of Research, Samir Chopra, and REA Group Economist, Anne Flaherty, to chat about this first instalment in this new infrastructure series and the already considerable impact that the Metro project is having on Sydney and the learnings that can be applied to other cities. Thanks for joining me, Samir and Anne. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for having us. So, Samir, can you talk us through some of the key findings from the report and why you think infrastructure improvements like rail are so critical in driving the growth of our cities? Yeah, Catherine, I think, you know, fundamentally what this project does is it cuts down commute time. And commute is one of those big pain points for most people. And so in any way that you can reduce that pain point just helps capital values. And we'll talk a little bit more about where capital values sort of go, but we've seen a a decent improvement in outperformance in capital values for suburbs along the train line. The other big thing is it's also attracting a lot of people. So we're finding that population growth in suburbs along the metro line is two times faster than suburbs further away. We find these suburbs are much more dense. So, you know, suburbs along the train line are denser. They have more apartments. It's attracting younger people. We find they have a a greater propensity of, of Gen Z and Gen Y. And then in sort of a secular argument, this is also then pulling in cafes and restaurants, which then pulls in more Gen Zs and Gen Ys. And so, yeah, look, I think, I think this train line has had a very good impact. I'll make one other comment. Catherine, which is, we're still in the first innings of this. The train links have been open between Talawong to Chatswood. I don't think we have fully appreciated what will happen when the link opens up all the way from Chatswood through the city and out to Bankstown. And then when the third stage opens up to Parramatta, I think you know we're very early in this. There is another three, five years for people to sort of participate in this. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I was talking to someone in our capital markets team and they were saying, you know, people understand it in theory, particularly that reduction in commute times, but it's not until they actually experience it that then it starts to have that impact. So with that sort of Macquarie Park, say to city, people actually being able to experience that shortening of commute time, it's actually really sinking in that this can have such a huge impact. Yeah, look, it's, you know, today if you live further out and you've got a bus journey a train journey, change trains at Chatswood and then come into the city. It can take about an hour and 20 minutes. And for some of these people, commute will drop to about 30 minutes by way of example. So you know, if, if you give someone back 15 minutes each way every day, that's worth a lot. 
Anne and I were talking about this beforehand, really makes all these suburbs really attractive, Anne. Yeah, absolutely. And people are willing to pay more money as well when it comes to living in a suburb where they can reduce that commute time. So we've actually seen that on average there's about a 5% premium in the rate at which your suburb grows when there's a metro station. But the further out you are, often the bigger this premium is. So there are some suburbs in the outer suburbs of Sydney. So for example, Castle Hill and Borkham Hills, where that premium goes up above 20%. I think it's also good news for the Sydney CBD itself as well, because we know there was a lot of research done during the pandemic about why people enjoy working from home, what their key pain points are when it comes to that return to the office. And overwhelmingly, the number one reason given was time spent commuting. So anything that can be done to reduce the pain and the time commuting is going to help to support more office recovery, more people coming back into the city. So it's not just making these suburbs with metro stations more vibrant. It's also helping to ensure the return of the vitality of the Sydney CBD. Yeah. I think one of the things I found really interesting, and in looking at the stats about the capital value appreciation was that you had neighbouring suburbs that there was a real difference. So if you compared, say, Crow's Nest and Camaray or Castle Hill and Borkham Hills, the suburbs that were closest to the metro line had a really significant capital appreciation benefit. Yeah, that's right. It was really quite astonishing to see such a staggering difference in capital growth between suburbs that do just neighbour each other, so offer very similar lifestyle amenity. So the addition of a train station makes a suburb much more desirable to live in and people are willing to pay a lot more money to actually purchase in a suburb where they do have access to a rail station. Yeah, and I think we'll see that continuing to play out as it's more established as we get more of the metro line up and running. I think, Samir, one of the things that you were talking about before, which would be great to dive into a bit more, were these demographic shifts and that whole sort of Gen Y, Gen X, you know, that more dynamic sort of population that we're seeing around these train lines. You've described it as the the metrification of Sydney, and I love that term. Can you talk us through how that's playing out and the changes that this is driving? Yeah, look, Catherine, I think... uh... Part of it is, you know, as these new metro stations are developed, there's a lot of other property development around the stations as well. You know, you often get good shopping centers, more retail footprint, better cafes and restaurants and gyms, you know, which tends to pull in these Gen Z and Gen Y type. But the other one that I would say is many of the younger cohort often are not very interested in driving. We are seeing a lower percentage of them take up driving licenses. Many of them are less prone to owning cars. And so if you can cut your commute and be close to a very good public transport system, then it's kind of liberating in some ways for many of these people. Absolutely. And particularly with petrol prices at the moment as well. <laughs> I did get a big shock when I put petrol in uh, the other day. So uh, Yes. So, and you've talked to us about the shifts to date in the capital value appreciation, but it'd be great to get into that in a bit more detail. So, you know, how best can investors capitalize on the metro and what should they be looking at, do you think? Where should the smart capital be looking at at the moment? You're right. It is something that investors take very close consideration of. And in fact, one of the things that often drives an increase in investment is when a new rail station is announced. So we've seen this in Melbourne, for example, where a lot of our train lines have been extended. As soon as a new suburb 
train station was announced, you'd see suddenly an increase in interest in people looking to buy in those suburbs, uh, not just investors, also people who are thinking about what's going to change in this suburb down the line. Affordability is a massive issue for a lot of people looking for a house or a unit to live in. And we've seen people moving further and further away from cities because of those affordability issues. So train stations have a really critical role to help here in enabling people to still feel connected into the city, to still be able to commute in, but be able to purchase somewhere that they can actually afford. Yeah, the affordability thing is such a tough one. I was talking to my son about it the other day and and he's just about to turn 22 and I'm like, you're going to have to think about how you can afford to stay in Sydney or whether you, you know, you need to move cities. So I think it's a really difficult consideration for our our younger people who are wanting to live and work in in Sydney as to how they where they live and how they afford to buy an apartment here. To me, it'd be really interesting to have a bit more of a chat talking about, I think in the study, one of the things I saw was that you've compared what we're seeing in Sydney to other major cities globally. And there's a couple of case studies in the report. Can you talk us through the lessons that we can learn, I guess, from other cities and you know how this might be able to play out in our other markets around Australia? Yeah, look, Catherine, so you know, we've seen, and actually what sparked the interest here was I was looking at some research into the Dubai metro. So Dubai has had a new train line going about a decade ago. And London has launched the Crossrail recently as well. And our teams in both of those markets have done some analysis. In Dubai, we found you know, rents were about 15% higher the closer you got to the train. In London, we found the shorter the commute, the better the capital value was. In round numbers, the way I describe it is For every 10% cut in your commute, you get about a 6% better capital value. And that was kind of the maths that we found in the UK. In Australia, you know, we've got a a lot of metro type projects underway. Um, So Sydney's got the main metro and then there's a Parramatta light rail in Sydney as well. In Melbourne, you know, there's two particular train lines being considered. One is a suburban loop and then there's the airport link. And then Brisbane's got two, including the Cross River Rail. And then Perth's got an initiative with Metronet as well. So I think across Australia, we are starting to see governments invest significantly in this. And I think this will be you know, one or two decades worth of good investment opportunities for, for people who are astute. One other thing I'd say in here, Catherine, is just I don't think we are building enough apartment stock close to these train lines. Right? Like even in, even in Sydney, it's about 5,000 apartments per annum around the metro today, that's the supply, we should be doing somewhere between nine and 10,000 because the metro is such an attractive thing. So I think we're, we're sort of undercapitalizing on the volume of supply that we should bring. And that speaks to Anne's point around affordability, right? One way to increase affordability is to actually increase the volume of stock. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the most important way to increase affordability. And, you know, the reality is that in Australia for many years now, we haven't had the supply of new homes keep up with our growing population. And those suburbs that are home to a metro station that do have good connectivity are really your prime locations for focusing development. So we know that people want to live near a metro station. We know that those are the kinds of areas that really benefit from population growth. You know, Samir was talking about more Gen Y and Gen Z, your young worker cohort. So increasing the supply of new apartment dwellings in these locations around the metro line 
will really, really add a lot, not just for the people living in these areas, but also to Sydney's economy as a whole. And I suppose it's not just the affordability for people wanting to purchase. I mean, build to rent is such a growing sector in Australia at the moment. And Samir, you're saying that we're just not building enough apartments around these metro lines. I'm assuming that this is a really great opportunity for the BTR sector as well to focus on opportunities around these metro stations. Yeah, look, and BTR doesn't need to be, you know, right in the city centre. You can spread these sorts of built to rent platforms further out, which is what I'm hoping will start to sort of happen in Sydney, I'd say the southwest is an area that's going to ripe for this sort of disruption. The northwest is seeing a lot of development, but not necessarily the southwest. So I think there'll be pockets that need to sort of emerge and, and really sort of take off because we do have this affordability and just lack of choice mm. right now, given vacancy so low. Maybe that'll help your son out too, Catherine. <laughs> I think he would love to hear that. And you probably don't want to um, talk too much about it at this stage, but I'd love to give people a bit of a sneak peek about the upcoming research that you're doing on infrastructure projects in other cities. Can you give us a bit of a really high-level view on what you're going to be looking at next? Yeah, look, um, Catherine Anne and I are looking at uh, outside of trains. We're also looking at the healthcare sector. So we're looking at a couple of big, Healthcare precincts, because healthcare can also spark a lot of development. And then the third option is to look at tech. And we're looking at a couple of sort of technology precincts and how that's pulled in commercial, residential into that area as these developments have sort of taken fruit. And there's a big pipeline of healthcare projects and technology projects around, around Australia. And, and, you know, Melbourne's got quite a few healthcare projects in the hopper. So, uh, that's kind of the thinking and looking forward to working with Anna again. Fantastic. Yeah, I think technology is such a, a huge focus at the moment in health with our ageing population. So it'll be really interesting to see the next uh, couple of reports and the insights that come out of those. So thank you so much for your time, Samir and Anne. Clearly, the Sydney Metro is having you know, a really outsized impact on the Sydney property market and um, providing some lessons on how we can harness infrastructure better to deliver outcomes for cities, not just in Australia, but globally. Thanks so much for tuning into this latest episode of Talking Property with CBRE. If you like the show and want to check out more, you can follow Talking Property on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. You can also find a link to the Metro report in the show notes. And if you have any questions in relation to this episode or ideas for future podcasts, please email us at talkingproperty at cbre.com. Until next time.